what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. A wise man will look at their situation and say, I'm not as close to God as I need to be. I'm not where I need to be. And they will put forth the effort and the time to get closer to God. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to Matthew 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east, to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And this morning I just want to stop right there and use for a subject the signs of the wise men. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you today for every person that's under the sound of my voice. Lord, I just ask for the anointing of your Spirit. Lord, help me to rightly divide this word of truth. I'm asking, Lord, for your anointing to rest upon the people, that they may hear and receive of your word. May we all be drawn closer to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Most of our manger scenes today, in the songs that we sing the movies that we watch this time of year portray the wise men there the night that Jesus was born. Really, the wise men didn't show up until a few years later. And if you'll look in Matthew chapter 2 and move down to verse 11, You'll see where the Bible says that when they came into the house, not a cave or a stable with a manger, but they came into a house. The second thing I want you to notice in that verse is they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They didn't see a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes as recorded over in Luke's gospel. There's a difference between a baby and a young child. In the Greek, the word that's translated young child means a toddler, a child that is somewhere around two to three years of age. Although it's widely accepted by most, and we see the wise men there in our manger scenes on the night Jesus was born, they really didn't show up till a couple of years later. And a wise man will recognize error and change his thinking accordingly. 
A lot of times when we read the Word of God, we have preconceived thoughts and ideas of the way we think things ought to be. And we have a tendency to read into the Word of God. We take the Word and we twist it to kind of fit the way we think. But a wise man will allow their thinking to be changed according to the Word of God. Now, the wise men came to Jesus because they recognized the signs of the time. And the Bible says that when they came to Jerusalem, they were saying, We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. A wise man will recognize the signs of the time. And a wise man will worship God. God is awesome. In the first chapter of the book of Genesis, on the fourth day, we read where God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens. And he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. He said, let them be for signs, for seasons, for days and years. And so it was. 4,000 years later, Jesus Christ was born. Now, I want you to think about this. Light travels at a rate of 186,000 miles per second. And the light of that star reached the earth the exact night that Jesus Christ was born. God knew the exact distance to place that star from the earth. When it started shining 4,000 years prior to Jesus' birth, God placed it at the exact distance, like traveling at 186,000 miles per second. He placed it at the right distance so that the light would hit the earth the night that Jesus Christ was born. Imagine the mathematics involved in that one. God is awesome. God is absolutely huge. And let me tell you, there ain't a problem in this place that my God ain't big enough to solve. And a wise man will worship God. A wise man will recognize the signs of the time. And the wise men came to Jesus by seeing the signs of their day. And there are signs in our day. Now, I don't have the time to get into all of this, but I just want to hit a few of them this morning. Number one sign of Jesus coming. After 2,000 years of being scattered all over this world, Israel came together and formed a nation in 1948. Regardless of the efforts of Hitler trying to destroy God's people, still... God brought his people together after 2,000 years being scattered all over the world. Israel became a nation in 1948. Number two is the increase of knowledge. See, a lot of us in here today don't realize this, but 150 years ago, 
people lived basically like they did 2,000 years ago. But in the 1850s, from the first steam engine that was developed till now, to a little cell phone that you can hold in your hand, you can unlock your car with it now. You can crank your car with it now. You can look at your cell phone and see what all's going on in your house. It's amazing the technology that we have today. An increase in knowledge. Daniel told us about it. That in the last days, men would be going to and fro in the earth. I saw somebody last night. I hadn't seen them in quite a while since high school. And they were talking about somebody they knew that was traveling the world. And they said, James, have you done any traveling of the world since you graduated? I said, only by the Internet. But today, you can sit at home and go anywhere in the world and tap into a camera somewhere and see what all's going on in any part of the world. It's amazing the technology that we have today. But another sign that I want to bring to your attention happened just this week when Donald Trump said that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. See, because in the book of Revelation, the Bible refers to the holy city. There's only one place in the Bible that's called the holy city, and that is Jerusalem. Some of you in this place, and many of you listening by radio, you remember that day in 1948 when Israel became a nation. You saw the fulfillment of Bible prophecy take place. But from then until now, Tel Aviv has been looked at as the capital of Israel. But just this week, Donald Trump said, we're going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital. And in the book of Revelation, it talks about the holy city. So we know that by the time these events take place in the book of Revelation, Jerusalem will be the capital of Israel and not Tel Aviv. We saw it take place just this week. Another sign I want you to recognize is this. Everybody at the time Jesus was born, everybody was troubled. Matthew 2 and verse 3. From King Herod, the leadership, right on down to the peasant who worked out in the field. Everybody was troubled. And here we are today, 2,000 years later. Jesus stands even at the doors and the whole world is troubled today. The whole world is in an uproar because Donald Trump made the statement that Jerusalem needs to be the capital of Israel. I heard somebody say this week that he's got dementia. He's not fit to be president. He needs to be removed from office because of this decision that he's made. And the whole world's in that world. Ever since he said that, them folks over there, they're going to be bombing stuff left and right. It don't make no difference what Donald Trump says. They're going to blow up everything over there anyway. They've been throwing rocks and blowing up stuff for years. 
And I hate to say it, but Donald Trump's not going to stop it. There's only one that's going to bring a stop to it, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he's coming back at the second coming. And there's going to be peace on earth finally at last. And all God's people said, Time is coming. It's even at the doors. People had a lot of questions when the wise men came to Jerusalem. The people were troubled. But I want you to notice there in verse 10 of Matthew chapter 2 that the wise men rejoiced at the sign of their time. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. A wise man not only will recognize the signs of the time, but a wise man will rejoice when they see these signs. Jesus said, when you see these things, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And a wise man will recognize the signs of the time and rejoice. I want you to notice there in verse 2 that these wise men came from the east, far away. When they saw the sign, they knew it was time to draw near to Christ. And they put forth the effort and they put in the time to get from wherever it was they were to where Jesus was. And a wise man will do that. A wise man will look at their situation and say, I'm not as close to God as I need to be. I'm not where I need to be. And they will put forth the effort and the time to get closer to God. Now, that means a lot of things for different people because we're all in different levels and we're all a certain distance from where we think we ought to be. But a wise man will take an account as to where they're at and where they need to be and they'll put in the effort and the time to draw near to God. Verse 11, I want you to notice that the wise men fell down. It was an act of humility. Here we have some of the smartest people in the world that had knowledge far beyond anybody of that day and age kneeling before the Christ child. They humbled themselves. A wise man will humble themselves before God. Verse 11 also, I want you to notice that they worshipped him. We've got all kind of ideas as to what worship is. When I say worship, a lot of times we picture an individual in church on Sunday morning holding a hymn book and they're singing. And we call that worship. But it's more than that. Worship is whatever you eat, sleep, breathe, drink, work for, think about. Whatever is at the center of your life, that is what you worship. 
Oh, let me cut on down where it's at. If you want to know what you worship, take a look at your bank statement and see where a lot of your money is going. One of the ways we worship God is through our giving, giving to the Lord. Y'all have heard me say it many times, and I'll say it again. If you put more money under that Christmas tree than you do in this offering plate in a year's time, that's a telltale sign of what you worship. Verse 11, also, I want you to know that they opened their treasure. They opened up their treasure. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. A wise man will open up their heart. A wise man will give their heart to the Lord. And then, also verse 11, they presented him. We dealt with it this past Wednesday night in our study in the book of Romans. Romans 12, verse 1. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. A wise man will present themselves before God as a living sacrifice, how do you present yourself a living sacrifice? When Paul used that word sacrifice, he was referring to the Old Testament sacrificial system. And that phrase, living sacrifice, is kind of an oxymoron because when, when, when a sacrifice was offered up, it was dead. And Paul said, present your body as a living sacrifice. There's only one sacrifice that died and came back to life, and that's Jesus Christ. And the only way you can present yourself as a living sacrifice is to be in Christ Jesus. And you do that through and by simple faith in Christ and what he did for you at Calvary's cross. Romans chapter 6. We were baptized. We were united with Christ. In other words, in the mind of God, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, you died with Him. The old man, what you used to be, died with Christ on that cross. When Jesus was buried in that tomb, all of your sins were buried in that tomb with Him. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead is the same power that now resides in your heart and life. And now we are to walk in a newness of life. That's what Paul meant when he said, Present yourselves a living sacrifice unto God. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. They presented him. A wise man will present themselves. They presented him with gifts. 
James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Every one of you under the sound of my voice today, God has given you a gift. Because God didn't make no junk. There's a lot of gifts sitting in this room today. Are you presenting him with the gift that God has given you? All right, let me move on. They gave their gifts. They presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is a very precious metal. It was normally given to kings. They recognized this child as a king. Not he's going to become a king at some point in time down the road, but Jesus Christ was born the king. And a wise man will recognize Christ as the king. Have you made Jesus Christ the king in your life? And gold was a very precious thing. Are you giving God your best? A wise man will give God his best. Frankincense. Frankincense was a very precious, sweet-smelling fragrance. A wise man will give a life of fragrance to the Lord that's well-pleasing. Is your life well-pleasing to the Lord? Or is your life offensive? Does your life stink in the nostrils of God? A wise man will offer to the Lord frankincense, a life that's pleasing unto God. Myrrh, they gave unto him Myrrh. Myrrh is an ointment that was used to anoint the dead. And a wise man will give to the Lord myrrh. What does that mean? As a child of God, we should be dead to sin. Sin should be dying in our lives. As a child of God, we should be dying to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And a wise man will offer to Christ myrrh, a life that is dying to these things. And I want you to notice in verse 12, as we wrap it up, when the wise men left, they didn't leave the way they came. When you come to Christ, you won't leave the way you came. When you truly come before the Lord Jesus Christ, and you allow Him to have His way in your life, you won't leave like you came. In Jesus' name, there'll be a change in your life. And these wise men, after coming to Christ, they changed their direction. And a wise man, after coming to Christ, will change their direction.
the new year is right around the corner. And I pray that all of us will exhibit the signs of a wise man. First of all, recognize the error that may be in your thinking. And change your thinking to match the Word of God and not the other way around. Recognize and rejoice in the signs of the time, knowing that when you see these things, your redemption draws near. Christ is coming back. Put in the time and the effort to draw nearer to God. Number four, humble yourselves before God. Number five, worship Him. Make Him the center of your life. Number six, open up your hearts to God. Give Him the reins of your heart. Number seven, give God our gifts, whatever those gifts may be. We need to give Him the gold, which is the best of our lives. We need to give Him the frankincense, a life that's well-pleasing unto God. We need to give Him the myrrh, a life that's dying to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And last of all, we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and make changes. Let Him help us make the changes in our lives that need to be made. These are the signs of a wise man. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.